here on the show we got a great guest this is actually our first three-time guest i don't even know if we had anybody on twice and we got this guy on for the third time glad to have him uh you can check him out he's got an amazing podcast called quarter after five and also 99 time capsule is kind of like a feature he's doing we're gonna talk we're gonna hear about it uh i'm excited to talk to him so uh he's also stand-up comedian that's kind of how we met each other he's 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 lived a life and if you've watched the previous episodes we had him on you heard a little bit about it but we're excited to have him here welcome to the show george white hey what's up how you doing oh dude i'm 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 gonna quote dave ramsey better than i should be life is amazing right now i'm uh got a baby on the way uh we're about to close on a house yeah uh Moved back to the Midwest uh, in June, mm-hmm. and I love winter. So we're about to creep into that season where where we got some dusting. And I don't know. I'm just I'm just in love with life. It's like a fairy tale right now. It's so awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. So you're expecting you got your house closing in a week. You told me, and you're still in the same city in Indiana. What city is that? Yeah. Right now we're in Brazil, Indiana. This is where Kaylee grew up, mm-hmm. and then we're moving to Terre Haute, Indiana, which is just uh, 25 minutes west so closer to the illinois border okay cool yeah so congrats on the house and of course thank you congrats on the baby yeah Um, thank you you excited you're gonna be a dad i'm beyond excited it's it's surreal because she's 38 weeks pregnant so technically our baby bennett that's his name baby bennett could pop at any moment yeah but uh the doctor is thinking that it's going to be closer to his due date which is the 17th and i know we talked earlier that I guess your brother's girlfriend. Girlfriend's brother, yeah. Girlfriend's brother. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Girlfriend's brother. Uh, bro- yeah. What? My girlfriend's brother is having a baby. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they're having a baby he, on the 18th. His, his, yeah, his wife's having a baby, technically. But His wife, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so my, my brother, my nephew, was born on the 18th. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, that's why we're hoping that uh, she can go one day later. But uh-huh. I think we were wishful thinking around week 27. But then at 38 weeks, it's just like, no, nah, get this thing out. And yeah. so uh, <laughs> we'll just see what what God decides. And then, uh, yeah, that'd be hilarious. All three of them born on the 18th. I don't know what it is with uh, having sex in March. I don't you know. Maybe it's the pandemic. We know what happened in March. Yeah, this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yes. So great. So how long have you been out in Indiana now? Like over six months now, right? Yeah, just creeping on six months. Uh, I actually met her here when I lived mm-hmm. here f- for the first time. And mm-hmm. then uh, I think we talked about it, went through that breakup, and then I moved to Vegas. Exactly. And yeah. then Yeah, and then she moved down there. Uh, and then we, we worked at the same school, and it was amazing. The commute. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a few friends told us, you know, be careful working together. You know, it's going to put a strain on the relationship, but it actually strengthened mm-hmm. our relationship. I mean, it, it feels like we've been dating for years because we spent so much time together. And then once the pandemic hit and we were forced to spend time together, it was like a layup. It was it was just like, oh, we had been running drills and then now it's game time. Oh, this is easy. Yeah, I think the only I think the only real issue was um, uh, the pregnancy. Once mm-hmm. that first trimester hit, it was really hard on her. Mm. And so I just had to be super understanding and turn into, you know, super fiance. And <laughs> I did everything, wash the dishes, wash the clothes, uh, gave her massages. And I'm still doing that now. So sometimes <laughs> you can't be a broke ass comic. You just got to step up. Yeah. And take care of your shit. Yeah. So you're, you're doing, you're an educator full time, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, do you, how is that in Indiana? Are things open? Are you teaching from home? Okay, so it's great. Actually, it worked out really well because the the charter school that I worked at before with uh, Kaylee, uh, the the person that got to replace me quit last minute, and they're like, "George, we need you. Can you do this?" And I was like, "Oh, thank God! Yes, I will do it in a heartbeat." So I teach. Actually, I have two jobs. I teach here at a local school, and then I teach remotely uh, uh, at the charter school in Vegas. And they're 
both oh, wow. both employers are totally cool with it. Uh, they totally understand. Uh, you know, obviously, as long as I don't let my, um, you know, things slip, as long yeah. as I don't let my productivity slip. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's been super great. Uh, here at first, they started doing in in classroom learning A B days, so half the school would go on A, and then the other half would take a break, and then they uh, vice versa. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then uh, it started to look okay. So then they went. Uh, everyone in person Mm -hmm. but that coincided with a couple of big parties that some kids had thrown Uh and so regardless uh the numbers are going to go up but it just happened you know to coincide with everyone returning to school and so once the numbers shot up the school went virtual because the the district had a flexible shutdown schedule i guess like they didn't want to shut everyone down for just one school Mm -hmm. so we were one of the first ones to get shut down and then i think two or three other schools followed almost immediately and then they're just like okay we we see the trend we see the writing on the wall Mm -hmm. and then so they shut everything down and then they were kind of toying around with going back um uh to school but then yeah it's just been too bad in the community the numbers have been too bad so they decided to keep it virtual until the winter break so which is great uh because uh kaylee you know, is waddling everywhere. She's in excruciating <laughs> uh, pain, just walking. And so, Jeez. Uh, yeah, walking to class would be, would be horrible. So, yeah, that sucked. That's, uh, you got a good, you know, you, with all your, uh, you know, you're a streamer. So, you know, teaching you're probably, your kids are probably like, Oh, this is, this is pretty nice. You know, he's got a, he sounds good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the, com- the, the camera set up for sure. Uh, they're like, all right, Mr. White, we got you. And yeah, then I got you, you like, you like use your switcher. You're like, all right, now we're on the whiteboard. Like- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, I had my switcher for the longest time. And then I, I bought a GoPro hero eight. I, mm-hmm. I meant to get a used Ho- GoPro. I was going to say ho pro, uh, <laughs> GoPro hero six, but then they sent me an eight and I was like, thanks Amazon. Yeah. And then, and it just, it is so serendipitous because it coincided with the, release of their webcam software because mm-hmm. gopros obviously aren't built for for webcams but everyone had been clamoring for the longest time for them to do it so they finally did and oh, so that's wow. what i'm streaming on right now i'm actually going to take a picture because i got the zoom call behind the mm-hmm. camera and then i got obs and then i got your stream opened up here Hell so yeah, yeah that's i i knew i i heard about that that they were releasing that software we always end up talking about tech stuff that i don't even know if it's good for the listeners but i mean fuck it we're having yeah. a conversation all right yeah hey, everybody yeah. watching we're having a conversation yeah i hope you enjoy it but this is for me too um because yeah i heard they were releasing that uh webcam software but i mean because people were already recommending hey just use it you know use it with a capture card but now it's like really made for you know gopro and it it's, looks good quality to me i mean zoom, yeah yeah HD. Obviously, I got- obviously zoom could be better but you know yeah, yeah. I'm not I got three different lenses. <laughs> yeah, is it is it glitchy? Is no, it looks great. It's just I I know they oh. downscale. I think it's in 720 instead of uh, oh. 1080, just because it's okay. not Zoom Pro. I look great. I mean, <laughs> oh, so no. I'm I'm looking a little bit pixelated. No, you look. I mean, you probably you have the stream up. I, I'm sure you you. St- I, it still looks very good. It's not it's not like it's just like I said. It, it could be a little better. You know. That's oh all. okay. But that's Zoom. Okay. Like, I think it helps that you're sending it in the best quality it could be. And so Zoom's decoding it and or doing guess, their shit, transcoding it. But yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, I, I want to talk a little more about teaching stuff, but tell us about your podcast. Um, you, so you've been doing this quarter after five. Thing, or, let's actually go back a little bit. You because you've done a few podcasts in your career. Um, take us back. What was what have your projects been over the years? Man, okay, so I, I originally wanted to start a podcast in El Paso, uh, uh, very, very hackily called The Black and Yellow Show, and <laughs> I did a few episodes of that, and then um, I just didn't have, because I was lugging around, because obviously the technology now is light years beyond what we had, you know, eight years ago, mm-hmm. and so, you know, now you can, I have a PodTrack P4, which is, it looks like the the Ghostbusters uh, ghost detector thing, and it, <laughs> it holds... It can it can house four XLR mics. It's amazing. Mm. So that's all you need is just the mics and that little thing, and you have your own podcast on the go. But I was carrying around uh, an audio mixer. I was carrying around cables, power strips, and it was just annoying yeah. to to set up at a friend's house. And so I put that on the back burner, and I started getting real hev- heavily involved in the comedy scene. And then when I moved up here, 
I, I wanted to start kind of a show, like a late night talk show. And my friends in Mexico really inspired me. And then it turns out now that they're, they, they, they've since stopped that and they have the number one podcast in Mexico. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. They're on all things comedy with Bill Burr and Al Madrigal. So they're, I mean, they're Amazing. slaying it. Yeah. Yeah. They got some, uh, some great deals uh, uh, going on with Spotify now. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, I want to do a, a late night talk show type deal like that because it just seems so fun, but I was just so depressed. And so when I went to Vegas and uh, I wanted to start the the podcast, I, I ended up becoming really good friends with Tyler Jolly. Mm-hmm. And then he had an idea to do a podcast, but based around drinks. So it was called Two Fingers Neat. And that's when I really like got into the whole uh, aspect of marketing and design and editing and then uh, hosting because we were, we were co-hosts and he knew everyone. He knows everyone. And so he was able to get uh, Brant Hobler mm-hmm. and uh, what's that? Nobody likes onions guy. That motherfucker. He's so mm-hmm. crass. But uh, yeah, we got, we you got a, a, few. a bunch Gooch, of Gooch. You had Spencer James. Group, yeah. Gooch, uh, uh, Natasha Prohansen, Jocelyn Sharp. Uh, we had, uh, and then it was, it was so, it was trial and error all the way. And so we lost a lot of good episodes just because we didn't have the finalized setup. But yeah, once we started uh, rolling, it was great. Anton Knight. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was really fun. And then the pandemic hit and it put obviously everything on hold. And so I still wanted to kind of use the equipment and and keep my chops going. And I've always wanted to get into streaming. I even tried a little bit streaming StarCraft 2 and then kind of interacting. But no one wants to watch a 40-year-old half black, half Korean dude play a rts game very poorly and so it was just for it was just you for me know. to get over yeah yeah <laughs> you never know right uh no it was just a way for me to get over the judgment that i was placing on myself and then eventually i thought you know what i just want to talk to friends all over the world see how mm-hmm. they're coping with the pandemic even though it was like april mm-hmm. and we had no idea how much worse it was going to get yeah and so that was originally called quarter afternoon because i didn't like the fact that people were starting podcasts and like naming them after pandemic or quarantine because it's just like they're not thinking in the future like what happens yeah. when the pandemic's over and we're out of quarantine you know lockdown mm-hmm. but i liked quarter because it sounded similar enough to quarantine so i'd like uh, i was oh. streaming a quarter after noon mm-hmm. and then eventually uh, i realized that no one in vegas is going to be watching a podcast <laughs> or a stream at lunch and so i decided yeah. to change it to five uh, the original idea was to go at uh five uh five fifteen mm-hmm. quarter after five but then uh we decided to move back to indiana so i did i think a handful of episodes and then put it on pause with the understanding that i would get here to brazil and then resume it uh, and then the greatest thing happened i one of my friends from high school he he said that he really loved the content uh he said it was really st- he loved it that I, I should keep going. And I asked him if he wanted to, to talk. And that's when I got the idea of interviewing people that I graduated with. And then, so there were, it was going to be three iterations. It was going to be interviewing people that I graduated with, uh, comics or entertainers, or, you know, all over the country, all over the world. And then pe- local, locals, uh, local business owners, uh, people who could give me some history about, you know, the city and stuff like that. You know, and then obviously we live in a red state. We live in a red city. And so I, I kind of wanted to get their perspective on a lot of things and, and not have it be like two talking heads clashing mm-hmm. with each other. And then so obviously that one uh, uh, went nowhere because we're still in the in the pandemic. We're still in, mm-hmm. in quarantine. And so it, it was it, start, it was really fun talking with old friends and then uh, hearing what they're doing now and how successful they are and their outlooks on, on life and, and what they think about what's happening now. And so it just turned into this, this massive thing in my eyes, this, this massive thing. And so it was hard to figure out how to turn it into a podcast as opposed to just like a streaming interview, a streaming Mm -hmm. conversation. And then, so I came up with the idea to, to, to kind of turn it into like an NPR piece. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you used to listen to NPR, like on Saturday morning. Sure. Yeah. When they would interview like some random person in, uh, some random city and then they would play a bunch of like they would play like somber music and it'd be like mm-hmm. and then he gets up at 5 30 and he checks the chickens and then you hear him like i hate these chickens these chickens are the worst thing i've ever done yeah, in my life like the real audio documentary style i love there that. we yeah. go yeah, yeah audio documentary okay thank you very much uh <laughs> and then so what i decided to do was take the two hours uh 
plus that I talk with these guests and turn it into an audio documentary. And so right now I'm going through the process of, of documenting all the time codes whenever, you know, a subject will switch. So I got like all these Excel sheets opened up with, you know, various time codes. I'll highlight them green for the things that I want to include. And, and that usually includes um, more current stuff uh, mm -hmm. because it's more, it's, it's broader. So it's more applicable to, to people listening as opposed to being hyper specific about a high school in uh, West Texas. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So people who are listening can hear that, but then people who are listening to the podcast. So I got 99 time capsule on Spotify. And, and as soon as Bennett's born, I, uh, obviously I can't do any uh, streaming because that's <laughs> just going to be out of my mind. Yeah. So whenever I get a few moments uh, to myself, I'm just going to go hit the editing, just go hit uh, premiere and uh, audition and then uh -huh. get everything uploaded there. So I'm super Amazing. excited about that. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So, and you're putting out merch as well, which is, <laughs> it's some good merch. It's, it can sell. Uh, I, you know, you got the R RBG stuff and the yeah. Madam Vice President. It, is that selling? Is that doing well? No, oh. no, not even a little bit. Yeah. And, huh. and that's the great thing too, is because <laughs> I feel like, just like with YouTube, just like with uh, Twitch, if they were to reward people with massive boatloads of attention initially, mm -hmm. then we wouldn't know what to do and, and, and we wouldn't, you know, we're not tested. So we would fizzle out very quickly. Yeah. But for the people who can put in a year or two of just constantly putting out content, that consistency, you know, eventually they'll be rewarded and they'll know in the back of their minds that they can continue mm -hmm. that they're not going to fizzle out so that's why i really appreciate what you're doing you know going daily and mm -hmm. uh because it's tough it's tough putting out that content and talking to an inanimate object and understanding that people are, are on the other end listening mm -hmm. but uh yeah but with the merch like if i was going to be rewarded with like some sort of top spot on on <laughs> shopify or whatever and then i would get bombarded i would get eaten alive i mean i got I got all the shirts over there. I got my heat, oh, heat, uh, heat press back here. Yeah, You can't see it, but I got my vinyl cutter right over here. But if I got swamped with like 100 orders, I would lose my mind. I wouldn't know how to get them out. So slowly but surely, you know, sending one out uh, to my friends uh -huh. uh, is helping me understand the process. And so, well, that's uh, good, and man. also with design too, because I have no idea what shirt looks good and what shirt doesn't. Uh -huh. You know, the market will decide. I mean, what I've seen, and you have a couple pictures of people modeling it, they look pretty professional, you know? I feel like, yeah, okay. yeah I mean, the RBG stuff, I, I, I guess, and I think you'd probably agree, it's not like the, you know, you're the only, you're the first person to think of a, maybe no, a shirt exactly. look like that, but it's still, exactly. it looks, you know, anybody could make that and it, and it would sell, you know what I mean? I'm surprised it didn't sell because it looks well, great. It, well, it's just a matter of finding the people who want to buy it, you mm -hmm. know, especially after Black Friday yeah. know, and Cyber Monday, like everyone's tapped and they're saving money for their Christmas presents. So I understand that now is not the best time, uh, but I still wanted it out there. Uh, just again, like I said, so I could practice because I have a few friends who are buying things. Mm -hmm. I'm shipping them out and then, you know, they're getting positive. Uh, I'm getting positive feedback because they're getting positive responses on their uh, Facebook pages. And so um, I think maybe around January, February, once everyone's kind of, uh, you know, chilled out with the spending and they're ready to save a little bit and, you know, start spending again, then I think I'll, I'll do a heavy push. But Facebook was great because they offered a $300 ad credit for oh. uh, creating a, a Facebook store and then customizing it. And then so they're like, hey, dude, you have until the third to use this credit. And I was like, holy shit, I totally forgot about it. And huh. so on the second, I, I, I started this ad campaign. Mm. And again, a lot of people are going to the site. They're checking everything out. Um, uh, but no one's buying anything. And that's fine. Like I said, again, yeah. that's fine. You know, yeah, the, you're getting traffic that turns into sales eventually. So, yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And eventually I want to start a blog, mm -hmm. kind of like transcribe the uh, episodes and then put them on the website and then also put clips of the videos so i'm like i said i'm i'm getting the time codes for everything mm -hmm. so i'm going to create all these tiny little clips and then release them on the uh the website and on facebook and instagram so it's great it's just about being staying busy i guess mm -hmm. yeah so you're thinking these individual people you're going to make kind of just like each episode's going to be its own kind of audio documentary like you're saying 
pretty yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, chronicle their their journeys because uh, the last episode that I had was with the. Uh, so now, because originally the plan was to talk to everyone from the class of '99, mm-hmm. and then start branching out to other classes, and then eventually start branching out to other schools. But then I, I kind of hit a wall where where the people who I wanted to talk to or who had uh, been watching from my class mm-hmm. started to uh, fizzle out, start to run dry. And so I, I, I think after like 20, 20 people, no, maybe like 10, 10 or 15, I started opening up to everyone else. So I, I interviewed a principal who graduated from my school in 87. And mm-hmm. then most recently, a girl who graduated from 01. And she's a teacher at the same school, Andrus High School in El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. But then she is looking for a kidney transplant. She's on oh, dialysis. Wow. She's got she's had diabetes since she was in middle school. Damn. And then her daughter suffers from um, trichotillomania. I think that's what it's called, where you, you pull your hair. It's like mm-hmm. an OCD uh, variant. Uh, Heard of that, and, yeah. And it's insane, and it was just so touching. And uh, that's one of like the first episodes that I that I had because a lot of times the the guests will talk about bullying or they'll mm-hmm. talk they'll talk, but they won't go too in you know in depth with it. Mm-hmm. And she 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 said that she wanted to talk about it, so you know I ran it by her, and I was like, okay, that's great. And then she went full force. I didn't know exactly what it was, and so it was it was gut wrenching. And I I was really I'm I'm really looking forward to making that audio documentary and yeah. then eventually i'll, I'll do an like a, a couple of anthologies where i'll i'll talk about you know george floyd and i'll have specific guests who have said things about that or i'll talk about the pandemic or yeah. teaching and people have kids so yeah that's what i'm really looking forward to right now that's so cool yeah you know there's a good uh i mean and i know you you, you keep up with politics uh and i want to talk about that as well but it kind of reminds me of the way you said the anthology reminds me of uh there's a great audio documentary um, on a podcast called Intercepted that uh, Jeremy Scahill, he's like a great uh, investigative journalist, he put it together. And it's like the most recent episodes are called uh, something like American Nightmare, the presidency of Donald Trump. I don't remember the exact name, but they did like a seven part kind of anthology series where they took pieces of their interviews over the last four years with different guests and mm. kind of painted a picture like, all right, this episode they talked about Trump and immigration. This episode they talked about Trump and foreign policy. And obviously different than what you're saying, but it's still kind of like that anthology setup and it works so well. And wow. uh, I really, yeah, I mean, and maybe you can get some inspiration at least for kind of the way it's formed if you, if you check that out. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it intercepted? The yeah. Intercepted. Intercepted. Yeah. Okay. Intercepted with uh, Jeremy. Jeremy Scahill. Yeah, exactly. Scahill. How do you say Scahill? Hill. Oh, okay. Scahill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Podcast. The Intercept. Yeah. Intercepted. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Thank yeah, you. Of, um, of course, and that's yeah. the great thing, too, about talking with all these different friends is they're always putting me on different things. Like one friend put me on white fragility, but then mm-hmm. I've heard uh, recently that there's some huge backlash against yeah. it. And so... Uh, I haven't read it. You know, I wish I, yeah. I had before all that stuff came in. And I feel like it's conjecture. It's just conjecture that people are kind of taking as fact. Uh-huh. And so because it's, it has like, I guess, uh, a flimsy foundation, people are just a- able to eviscerate it. Yeah. And, and kind of I feel shit like, on people who love it. Yeah. It was just kind of an easy, like bestseller after the whole George Floyd stuff. And there are some good points made in it and some important stuff brought up, but yeah, it just I feel like a lot of people were like, this is, you know, why is the best selling book about race in America by a white person? Mm. You know, that was one of the main <laughs> issues people had. And then yeah. there there yeah, there are like some kind of questionable ways she goes about explaining things. There, there there's a few other good books. There's a book called White Rage that's pretty interesting. Um white kind of a, a, it's a little bit older I think than White Fragility, but I think it's by Carol Anderson. I'm pretty sure is the Ooh, author. Free PDF. Oh, yeah, Carol Anderson. There okay. you go. That I, I've heard that as like a good alternative kind of where it's you know still kind of white fragility like about that because that term makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, white people don't like to be told they're racist or whatever. They get very fragile and offended. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I kind of liked the term, but yeah, it's turned out that the people don't have a lot of great things to say about the author of that book. But uh. Huh. let's uh, but yeah let's i want to hear a little bit because i feel like you i end up agreeing with a lot of the things that i see you post on facebook about politics but we haven't talked too much about politics like what what's kind of your experience like 
growing up, you know, you're from Texas. Uh, where, yeah, I, I don't even know what I, exactly I want to know from you, but it, you've have you voted? Like, did you vote when you were 18? Like, when, when was the first time you voted? Okay, I've I, I've only voted once, and it was for Obama's first term. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, because uh, I grew up in Texas, and for for you know when Texas was super red, and then now I live in Indiana when it's super red, and mm-hmm. I feel like if we had stayed in Nevada, I would have voted. You know, because uh, it's it. I guess it it is a swing state, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, I just feel like it's such a it's so like pretentious, like it mainly because two of the elections had been stolen from the popular vote. Yeah. And so if anything, it's forced me to look at the the issue of, especially of the electoral college a little bit more in depth. And I didn't realize that, you know, these small rural, rural counties and, and, and states have like three times the voting power of major st- uh, states. And then uh, I looked at like poverty and welfare and, you know, these Southern states or, you know, these, these red states, you know, they they siphon so much more mm-hmm. from the welfare system and then and then who's paying for it you know these blue liberal states like new york and california and so it's it's forced me to look at the issues a little bit more in depth and then i feel like uh, i feel like i will eventually start voting mm-hmm. because i think uh, especially in texas you know and i'll advocate voting because i feel like in texas it's going to turn blue by mm-hmm. 2028 uh and then Indiana, uh, we'll see. I think it's going to be one of the last holdouts, but I don't see that one turning blue at any time soon. But I'll, I'll still vote just uh-huh. to, to even to down ballot. Contribute. You know, they, there's certain in ballot initiatives. I mean, you look at Florida, for instance. Florida went way red, but they still voted to approve a $15 minimum wage. I think it's still important, even if you don't think that the presidential race. You know, because I agree, the electoral college is fucked. There needs to be. Yeah, you know, I'm in favor of ranked choice voting. I'm in favor of. I don't know if I'm in favor of completely abolishing the electoral college, which goes against some of the people's opinions on the left, because I'm a little yeah. bit like maybe restructuring because I, I do kind of, I mean, I don't really have an argument against some people are like, yeah, but they're only going to go to these big cities. Like, you know, it's going to be New York, Vegas, LA, Detroit. Well, that's where like, most of the people live. That's of like, course. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. But it's still like, we're not going to, I mean, when you look at like rural America, despite them, yeah, I agree. They should not have three times the amount of votes. And I mean, and we could also talk about the Senate, how undemocratic the Senate is. Every state gets two representatives. Wyoming yeah. has as many, much representation in the Senate as New York does. It's absurd. Yeah. I definitely think it needs to be restructured. I've heard people talking about like making the house twice the size as what it is now. Because even you look at Wyoming, for instance, has one representative. Montana has one representative. Montana has significantly more population. And it ends up, I mean, Wyoming has like one representative for a million people. California has one representative for like 2 million people. So it's it's very, very uh, undemocratic, our, our system. So I'm definitely totally in favor of reform. I just think it's like the like feelings and kind of representation of rural America and our farmers who are making our food and so many things like I still feel like their voice should be heard to an extent. Like it's like when we look at California and I don't, I, I, I like to think that they're voting red and they're, you know, voting against their best interest. Um, but I still think they have a right to, to feel, you know, to vote red. And so it's like their, their votes are complete. Their, their votes are pointless. Like they feel like you do, you know, where the farmers in California, they still vote red, but it's like, I, and so I'm kind of in favor and, you know, there's, there's a movement to like make Northern California, like North of San Francisco, its own state. And like, that'd be a red state, but I don't know if I'm opposed to it being that it's like, people still deserve a voice. So I don't know. It's kind of an inch. It's just weird. I, I, I definitely think no electoral college is better than what we have now. I'm totally with that, but I just don't know if like, maybe it should just be restructured where it's not three to one, but maybe it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I, well, I don't have an, an argument, but I'm just like, it's, it's hard for me to argue like, Oh yeah. Uh, abolition is a hundred percent the way to go for the electoral college. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, with the electoral college because of the way it's structured. So it's, it's basically the house and the Senate combined. So like uh-huh. Wyoming will get three electoral votes. That's sure. one 
House representative and then two senators, what mm -hmm. they should do is just take away the, the Senate portion of it. Yeah. And they should get one electoral vote. Yeah. And then Texas, I think, has 37 or 38. Uh, they should take away their two votes and then it's it's equal. Yeah. And 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 the argument that they're gonna go to the big states makes sense because Wyoming doesn't need shit because there aren't people. There aren't a huge <laughs> there aren't people like there. number of people living there. But then that goes to what uh, you were talking about a little bit earlier. And this is how I felt for a long time. I didn't feel this way until I lived in Indiana, like Illinois, Indiana, mm -hmm. because uh, my ex lives in uh, uh, lived in a small town in Illinois. And hearing them talk, it makes sense because they have to pay property taxes out the ass because of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And that shouldn't be the case. And so it's kind of the argument where, you know, Wyoming shouldn't suffer because, you know, so many more millions of people in California voted for a president. But then they should also be exempt from, you know, certain federal laws. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like so going back to the whole Northern California thing, like that's a region that specializes in a very specific and vital industry, you know, mm -hmm. feeding the world, basically. And, you know, not just the U.S., but feeding the world. Yeah. And so they shouldn't have to put up with a bunch of dumbass shit that I don't know where the capital is, Sacramento. Yeah. I don't know. Or L.A., Hollywood. They should be <laughs> exempt or Silicon Valley. They should be exempt from all that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, because there are so many different versions of America, uh, not just within, you know, obviously the country, but even within states. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many different versions and they should be exempt from whatever, like um, whatever Denver decides you know, it shouldn't affect Boulder or these small cities in uh, Colorado. I see uh, that. Even, yeah. Though, even, yeah. And so I feel like we just need to be a bit more libertarian in that kind of approach where we focus on local and state and then, you know, a small federal government. And, and that even goes with uh, welfare, you know, welfare and all these kind of uh, left-wing ideologies. They should be handled on a state level, not on a gigantic federal level because you can't, you can't please everyone that way. And I feel like the, it's structured that way so that they can continue to breed division and resentment. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's interesting you, you bring up welfare because like you just said, like majority, you know, majority of the people who are on welfare are in some of these Southern states that end up voting red. They're the ones who are complaining about welfare when, like you right? said, the, the taxes end up coming from a lot of the more liberal states like California and New York. It's kind of an interesting thing and i mean i i i definitely like the idea of uh more localized things like that when it comes to where our taxes are going and what their taxes are paying for i, I like the idea of that but i also think certain things do need to be nationalized like when we talk about healthcare, um because i if if they have state healthcare systems it's going to be that's going to cause a lot of issues with finding doctors in different states as well as uh even you know we can't count on kentucky to provide state provided health care when a place like california might you know so i i think certain things need to be kind of a federal mandate i don't you might just it looks like you might disagree with me on this no 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 i, I agree too it's just so funny because if, if if it were to happen on a state level then then you would see urbanization ratchet up to 100 percent. i think right now yeah. it's like low 90s uh <laughs> which is why I predict that uh, Texas will go blue in 2028 because you get a lot of the uh, the middle school and high school kids who are going to be old enough at that time. And then urbanization is going to ratchet up. Mm -hmm. But if they had state level uh, universal health care, like let's say California had it. Oh, fuck that. All, <laughs> everyone would leave these, you know, these poor uh, welfare yeah. dependent uh, states. And so it's interesting. Yeah. Do you uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I, oh, I heard an interesting stat and you might actually not be surprised by this. I, I don't know. Um, but you know, in 2018, we had, uh, Beto O'Rourke ran against Ted Cruz and it was a pretty close race, kind of a surprise. Yeah. And he actually, Beto won native Texans and Ted Cruz won with people who moved to Texas. Really? Yeah. Um, which is kind of surprising to me. The only reason I could think is that most of the people who are moving to Texas are like the kind of types who are like, yeah, I want to pay less taxes and 
yeah, I'm a conservative yeah. well, Texas. Well, baby. do you know where they come from? Do you know where they come from? They come from Silicon Valley. Like Austin is yeah. basically Silicon Valley 2.0. Like the, yeah. the tech sector in Austin is going bananas. And then apparently the Dallas Fort Worth corridor mm-hmm. uh, does more banking or something like that, investment banking, than Chicago. It's hmm. like insane. And so it would make sense that they would want to protect their shit. Yeah. And <laughs> not give it away to some uh, bleeding heart liberals. So yeah. Especially funny. somebody, Ibeto surprising me. I mean, he wasn't as anti gun when he ran for Senate. I mean, when he went for president, he kind of ruined it for himself when he was like, yeah, we're going to take everybody's guns away. It's like, yeah, I'm not in favor of that. Like, I take it yeah. easy, buddy. Like, you have to go <laughs> so like liberal. It's like, let's, let's just be realistic. Like, people can have the right to defend themselves. Like, you know, I'm like, it's interesting. But so would you identify as like left leaning or because I feel like you're, you're, you know, you're talking about libertarianism, but more from a place of like, it sounds like left leaning libertarianism in, in a way where you're kind of, yeah, uh, you know, socially libertarian, you know, and on certain aspects, you want some more like communal control over, you know, control over our communities. But at the same time, I, I think socially you tend to lean left as well, but where do you fall? You think on the political spectrum, right? Cause I feel like you have an yeah. interesting point of view. Yeah. I think, yeah. Left, uh, left center, you know, mm-hmm. center left. I, I know I have a lot of, uh, left wing friends and someone even posted, uh, like the definition of liberal, mm-hmm. uh, is pro capitalist and pro something else. Mm-hmm. So even within the definition of liberal, you're still, right leaning you're still a conservative yeah and so the reason why the media wants to hammer that word liberal is because it forces them in that same box and so when they start to think of anyone on the left it's such an extreme mm-hmm. you know and then they paint them with this broad brush of a uh, of being an anarchist or you know yeah you know, believing in all that kind of shit i mean if you look at li- the liberal parties in other countries democratic liberal parties are center-right like you said it's it's really a center-right mm-hmm. ideology and you know, in, in when they use the term neoliberalism, that literally means free market economy, and uh, you know, pretty much like libertarian uh, capitalism to an extent is what mm. I mean. It's a little bit different, but like, it's it's just interesting that like we've in in America, you know, they're oh the libs or this, and they're 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 supposed to be the leftists, and it's like no, it's so different. There's like such a spectrum on the left that like is kind of out of the realm of like u.s politics and it's people always say you know the democrats and the republicans are two sides of the same coin they're the same (laughs) they're the same economic ideologies and there's just some differences in social stuff and it's like all right so i gotta vote democrat because yeah i think you know women should have control over their own bodies and black people shouldn't be getting murdered in the street but you know it's it's still not much better they're not doing anything to stop it they just say they at least say it should it should happen, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, and it's funny. I, I really like that, you know, that they're because that's what they really hammer home. Like every time uh, one candidate from, you know, either side uh, runs for any kind of office, they really hit those hot button issues because they want to keep the country distracted from all the pilfering that they're doing. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who's in office. The billionaires are going to keep getting richer. And, you know, we're going to be over here squabbling over um uh, reproductive rights and uh, and uh, gun ownership, mm-hmm. and it's like really that's really what we're gonna divide each other over. Like, yeah, those are the fundamental things that we're gonna hate each other over, and it's just like all right, but uh, yeah, yeah it, it's so interesting how I mean it's it's intersectional, and I I think uh, it's it sucks that it is dividing us. Uh, something like reproductive rights and gun ownership and you know race in America, but it's uh. I mean, it's still important and it does intersect with class is what pretty much we're talking about right yeah. now. Yeah. And, but yeah, it's just interesting. And then obviously knowing about, you know, in looking what both parties do with foreign policy and, you know, they're both committing war crimes overseas on a daily basis. It doesn't matter. Trump's doing it a little bit more than Obama did. And he did it a little bit less than Bush did, but he still did some terrible things that are, you oh, know, yeah. he did, he started the drone program and, he assassinated American citizens. So, so yeah, it's just, it's crazy that there's just a lot of kind of these invisible line of like, Oh, Democrats and Republicans. And it's like, is it, it's really not that different. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. It's like angels and demons, but it's like, it's like angels do some fucked up shit and demons used to be angels. And I yeah. don't know. It's just like, they're all the same thing. And so yeah. that's why long story short, 
I don't vote. <laughs> well, you should. It's, uh, yeah. I'm here to tell yeah. you, you should. <laughs> well, okay. So, so on on certain issues, yeah, because I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, I should definitely vote for that, even if I don't vote for the president. Mm-hmm. There are some serious issues that are going on at a state level that I should really be keen to and and, mm-hmm. and vote on those. So, yeah, thank yeah. you. You convinced me. I appreciate it. Hell yeah, yeah. I'm not too privy to what's going on in Indiana, but I'm sure, you know, somewhere there's you know. Uh, uh, left-leaning candidate that won a race. I mean, obviously in individual cities, but maybe even somewhere in the state legislature, somewhere on the ballot, there was somebody where it wasn't, you weren't just going to get your vote drowned out. And I mean, and you're on, you're dealing with much, when you're in your city, I'm sure the vote margin is much smaller. I mean, for instance, in Nevada, we have West Wendover, which is like super small city. I think there's like a couple thousand people, two or 3000 people. And it's in a super red County, um, votes red every year. And Wes Wendover has a Democratic mayor. He's 25 years old, a gay Latino man. And, oh, my God. Yeah. And he, he won his first uh, election by 10 votes or something like that. And he, oh, he, he, damn. he literally went to every, knocked on every door in the whole city. And he, he won this time. Biden, I think, won that city by like 10 votes. And he won by like 300 votes. So more, plenty of people who voted for Trump voted for him you know it's like it, it's it's interesting how when you get that localized you're like okay i mean this guy does have my best interest in mind so it's mm. you know it doesn't always have to go with you know people have to put a d or r next to their name but they're not always like you know part of that like establishment so yeah. it's kind of interesting it's not that binary yeah exactly very um, nice. Yeah, I looked it up, so that's cool. I'll read up about it. Yeah, there's a there was like a an article I just read about it. Uh, I think it was in New York Times or something. Um, or I don't know. Yeah, so, so that's what I think is great because of of what you're doing. Because going live every day and talking about what's happening in society is tough. Like you really have to dig deep. It's almost like uh, investigative journalism, uh, where you have to dig deep and you have to know a bunch of these different things. Uh, and I think superficially, I have a good grasp on what's going on. But then when you get into like the subtlety and the nuances of, you know, like West Wendover and, you know, white rage, then it's just like, what the hell am I sleeping on? Like, how did I not know about this? And so uh, yeah. that's why it's always great having these kind of conversations. Of course. And that's yeah. why people need to talk to yeah. each other. Yeah, I agree. Where do you get most of your news from? Uh, I mean... I guess I'll just Google it and see what's going on. Like I'll see some people arguing about some dumbass shit in Facebook and then (laughs) I'll go Google it. Like I had a friend who, uh, uh, Oh, Spencer, Spencer James had posted something. And then I guess one of his fans from Valposta, Georgia had said something like we have a 99.99994, uh, uh, I don't know, like, survival rate i don't know something like uh-huh. only 10 people in his small city have died from it and so uh-huh. therefore the lockdowns are unnecessary mm-hmm. and then i looked up his city and i realized that they had 30 percent poverty and i was just like just wait buddy because it's gonna come yeah. like you keep walking around without a mask and but he and it's so funny because he was preaching walk around with a mask you know wear a mask socially distance and we can overcome this thing. And it's like, yeah, no shit. That's what we're talking about. But not everyone's doing it. Yeah. So in order to rectify that, we have to lock down. And then, uh, and I, I get where a lot of these people are coming from because I have friends who are small business owners too. And, you know, you know it sucks that they have to. And you know, several of them opened up yeah. new businesses this year. And it just sucks that they have to go through that, um, that kind of, uh, you know, trial, that tribulation and, so I'm, I'm really rooting for them. You know, whenever we first got here and the numbers were, were relatively low, we would go during the day to support them. And, and now the numbers are just skyrocketing. So uh, we go to, and I think we talked about this too, whenever mm-hmm. we first did the quarter afternoon, it's like, we're going to go to Walmart in the morning uh-huh. and uh, we're not going to, and it sucks too, because there are so many people walking around here without masks. And it's just yeah. like, you guys... I don't know. Whatever. You know, I'll limit my viral load, but you know, you guys can do whatever you want. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But it sucks because then they're going to go infect other people. And like, like Kaylee's family just got hit. Mm. Uh, I don't want to say specifically, but it's just like five people, you know, in in her family tree just got hit. And it's just like, shit. And I'm not saying that they're the kind of people who go out without masks. You could be safe. Yeah. You get hit. Yeah. 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 
but they're the ones who are getting affected from people yep. who are going out without masks. And so, yeah. Yeah. And then, so with that guy, it, it was great because again, like I said, uh, I just go in, and I, I, I try to research all that stuff. And then I got into a Facebook argument with uh, Gilly and uh, one of his friends. Uh-huh. And then that was, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of them was a, a doctor. I don't know uh-huh. if he was a doctor. He just said he works in the medical field. And so he's not, a I was doctor, like, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anybody who says they're, they work in the medical field means they, yeah. yeah, like yeah. He, he's maybe like at best an EMT, which, you know, yeah. obviously respect to our EMTs. Thank you for oh, of course. The service, yeah, yeah. but still, you know, it's different. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, for sure. And then, so, uh, you know, it's a logical fallacy, just, you know, appeal to authority. And then, you know, we, we started arguing about all this dumbass shit. And he's like, how many people have you, uh, uh, treated this year and, and all this dumbass shit. And I was just like, Oh, it's one of those kind of nothing things. To do with and, the argument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then I, I mentioned hydroxychloroquine and then, so he followed that and I was just like, Oh my God, is it that easy? <laughs> like, and then, so I, I said that, you know, because he had asked me, well, since you brought it up, what is hydroxychloroquine? What is the benefit? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right, calm down, red herring. Yeah. He's like, well, you got to learn the definition because you're the one who start, who brought it up. And I was like, he's still following the rap, like the, the red herring. And I was like, forget it. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. And so obviously you can't convince people if they have, you know, their belief system so ingrained. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you, know, uh, you know that's <laughs> that's Facebook one on one. Yeah, stop going to people's pages. And yeah, Facebook shit. arguments don't end well. It's interesting what you said though, because yeah, I really do feel for small business owners and stuff. I saw an interesting uh, video watching the Majority Report today, which is a YouTube news show I watch, mm-hmm. and they played a clip of a guy. I, I don't know exactly where, but somewhere where they're having kind of lockdowns or their restaurants are only supposed to be open for takeout or only outdoor dining or something oh, like that, yeah. and he's having. He's go violating the law and having people eat inside. And they interviewed the guy. And what he said was so reasonable to an extent where he's like, if they paid me to, they, you know, they, they had this stimulus package and so much money went to special interests is what he said. And he kind of pointed to like, he's like the Kennedy Space Center or something like that. It's like, well, a lot of that money went to like, big corporations like airline companies who then laid their workers off but whatever i i agree all this money went to these special interests these big corporations and they didn't they could have paid every american he said 20,000 i think the number's closer to like 10 but they could have given everybody 10 10 grand and paid us to stay home like with the amount of money they pumped into the stock market and all these things they did um and he's like if they had paid me to stay home for 60 days i would have done it and i would have had no problem but now I had to close and open and close. And now I don't, I don't care anymore. I need to, I need to support my family. I need to make money. And I mean, he's throwing in all of these, you know, Oh, this is tyranny. And Oh, this is, you know, 1984, which is kind of like, I don't agree with some of that stuff he's saying, but the, at the heart of it, I'm like, I agree. We, and, and it just shows somebody, he's clearly a Republican, the guy, you know, he clearly watches mm. Fox news and he's getting his talking points from there. And it's like, if that guy would have accepted money, if we could have paid him to stay home, because that was kind of the fear, at least that I've said, where I'm like, I, we're still going to have these Republicans who are like, no, this is this is socialism. I'm not staying home. Like, I, you know, I, I want to work for my money or whatever. And it's like, if people like that, that guy who's clearly pretty hardcore Republican, lifelong Republican, would have been down to stay home for 60 days, like the Democrats and everybody fucked up. The Republicans too, just we yeah. all fucked up. We should just pay people to stay home for 60 days. And like, we could have been a little bit more like, China, how well China's handling the virus than how we have, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, so here we go. Follow me on this. All right. All right. So, cause I was thinking initially that we, we, we have Walmart and we have, you know, Kroger or, or Smith's, you know, down there, you have all these different grocery store chains that have like sack lunches that like package, you know, uh, a to go thing. So people could, you know, and it's basically bread lines. All right. But mm-hmm. you know, fuck that shit. All right. Cause that conjures up, you know, some scary imagery, uh, especially with people who have to wait in line. So what you, what you end up having is, uh, people who have like a big grocery store credit, like Walmart or Amazon, they have credit from the government that they can use to buy meals. So the delivery service gets ramped up and they're delivering all these meals and all this food to everyone all over the, the, the country. Um, and then, uh, they, through some sort of application process, they, they notify who their 
uh, landlords are. Mm -hmm. And then the government pays their rent directly. Yep. And so I think the biggest fear is that if we were to give everyone $10,000, then everyone would be driving around in a brand new, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know what, what car costs $10,000. I don't know, Subaru, <laughs> yeah, like not whatever. Even, yeah. Used like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Used Honda Civic. Everyone's driving around, you know, they're going to, they're going to buy, you know, They'll PS fives. Yeah. 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 And so I think that's the biggest fear, but if you had it structured in a way where everyone had, uh, like I said, that credit that went to food and rent and utilities. And if all that was covered, then I feel like the majority of people would not really give a shit. They wouldn't yeah. be so upset. And then, um, but I, I think just the logistics of it on a national level is just monumentally daunting. So that's why they need to break it down to the city level, to the county level. Yeah, and they should have. They should have given. They they didn't give enough money to state cities and states at all. Like so many cities are hurting right now because they're they don't have any income yeah and there was just like we'll just give you a a twelve hundred dollar check and then call it good it's like are you fucking serious like that's one month's rent yeah in vegas like what what the hell are you talking about it's insane and, and, and yeah so i so i empathize i sympathize with that that small yeah. business owner and everything that he's saying but yeah he might not have been going about it the right way yeah but it just shows we all kind of had the same idea and it's it, yeah it's crazy i was gonna point out i mean in the I guess two things that I've kind of said these a lot on my show, but it's still important to reiterate these is like, well, the reason they didn't do that with that plan you said, which I think is a great plan uh, of, you know, paying people's rents, paying people's food, utilities, maybe giving them a little bit of spending money, whatever's left over each month is because if every individual person's taken care of uh, and, you know, s small business owners would generally be taken care of if their rent's paid for and the utilities are paid for. And cause that's, if they're closed, that's going to be their only expense pretty much. So mm -hmm. if, Unless they're a different kind of structured small business, which then they'll still be able to operate and make money potentially. But if so, if every individual person is taken care of, every small business is taken care of, the only person who's hurting technically, I mean, in the sense where they're not making millions and millions of dollars every month is, you know, the top class. If that, that's what would change if we did something like that. The yeah. casino owners in Las Vegas would not be making millions of dollars a month. They'd be making nothing. Or, and they'd be fine. They, they, you know, they wouldn't have to pay rent, and they, it'd be cover everybody. You know, they'd get food. They, they, their rent would be covered. They'd be totally fine. But they wouldn't exponentially grow their wealth like they normally do. And so that's, yeah. it. they're the ones who are paying campaign contributions to all our representatives. So that's why that didn't happen. I mean, in my opinion. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and then the other thing I, I, and I said this yesterday is. You know, it's so important what you brought up about paying people's rent is, you know, right now we just have eviction moratoriums and millions potentially of Americans are now eight months behind on rent or mortgage or whatever, which is bad enough. They're not going to be able to afford it. If they get a job tomorrow, they'll be able to afford a month. So obviously on an anecdotal individual basis, there's probably some landlords who are working with their people or whatever, but not at a wide scale. And so we're going to look at a huge wave of Americans getting evicted, mm -hmm. which is going to fuck up their credit for years. And yep. so we're going to have a whole generation practically that's going to have a, a even more of a setback than what they probably already have. They're already in a position where they haven't been able to afford rent all year. Now their credit's even more fucked up than what it might have already been fucked up. It's just... It, we're looking at a bad, the recession is not going to be like this V-shaped recovery, like they're saying, you know, where they're like, oh, it's caused by the pandemic. That's it. Well, when the pandemic goes away, people are still not going to be able to afford housing and all these other problems. It's going to be pretty scary. No, yeah, for sure. But uh, just as a caveat, I feel like, yes, uh, people are, are going to get evicted and it's going to be pretty widespread. But then who who's going to take the apartments like who's going to move in it's the same people they might shuffle and move to another complex yeah uh you know they might have burned that bridge with that specific complex but <laughs> you're going to have millions of people who don't have a, a home you know can't rent an apartment and you're going to have millions of vacant apartments and so mm -hmm. eventually they're just you know the apartments are going to have to relent they're just gonna have to be like well fuck it They'll all right we'll prices come on in. or maybe get more lenient about yeah they, they might they might demand more uh, uh as a uh, a front for a deposit you know so if another pandemic hits you know they'll have that to hold over them yeah but i mean i don't know if people are going to be able to afford a big deposit <laughs> right it's so it's, it's just gonna be like <laughs> it's gonna be and i mean it's even right now there's more 
as far as I understand, there's more like vacant houses and Airbnbs than there are homeless people in America. You know, holy shit! It's they, we're already in that situation, and it's probably just yeah. gonna g- go tenfold after the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, and, and then there'll be a, a, a nasty course correction, and I think that's going to be the time to. Uh, and I'm super excited because we got a two and a half car garage in our backyard, and in the right. summer I want to convert it into an apartment, and so, you know, that's going to be the time. Uh, if if you're a landowner, if you're a, a homeowner, uh, a rental property owner, hmm. it's gonna it's gonna be your time to shine. So start <laughs> yeah. scooping them up, Evan. Start scooping well, them up. I'm not. I mean, <laughs> I I think it's you know, and I don't. I obviously I have some sympathy for for landlords who, you know, obviously they need to pay their mortgage, and so they're charging people rent still. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's an investment and sometimes in- investments are risks and sometimes those risks don't yeah. pan out. So yeah. And sometimes in the <laughs> middle of a pandemic, your investments get fucked. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a, uh, I definitely feel more for the renters who are, you know, potentially oh, losing their homes. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and like I said, again, uh, with that plan, it would have been great, but you know, I agree 100% with the reasons why they didn't do that. And so, and this is what I wanted to say initially, whenever you brought that up is I hope that people truly understand how powerful they are. <laughs> Again, this is like some Marxist shit, but how truly oh, yeah. powerful the they are and how to stand up in solidarity. Yeah. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah. Yeah. And how <laughs> much, how much, that buying power they have and so they need to stop giving their money to walmart and amazon mm-hmm. and the big casinos that you're you're talking about yeah but you know i feel like you know it'll go back to to business as usual um yeah you know hopefully more local businesses uh get patronized and mm-hmm. you know we're able to build them up and so it's not necessarily the working class it's just it's just uh yeah it is but <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on the show. Um, any yeah, kind of final sure. thoughts? Anything you want to leave us with before we go? Uh, no. Uh, I, I mean, just uh, keep keep studying, keep learning. Uh, there's so much information out there that mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, the more conversations you have, the more you'll get put onto some really dope shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, don't obviously, you know, I'm gonna sound super super right wing, but don't trust the media. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> well, full, it's full of shit. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, it's full of shit. They're, they're trying to sell you something. Uh, just research it yourself. And then uh, it's kind of like, uh, uh, did you ever watch Dogma? Oh, yeah. With uh, Yeah, yeah. That's so great. it's uh, Rufus, the, the black apostle, the 13th mm-hmm. apostle. Chris Rock. He's yeah. like, I don't, I don't like, uh, for, I, he says he doesn't like something. He likes ideas because they're more fluid. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just, uh, yeah, be more fluid. Also, check out the 99 Time Capsule. It'll That's be what I was going to say. Yeah. Plug all your stuff. Yeah, 99 Time Capsule, uh, yeah. Watermelon Kimchi on Facebook. Is that where, What's your main place we should look? Yeah, on Facebook, it's at Watermelon Kimchi. Facebook and Instagram, it's at Watermelon Kimchi. You can also go to quarterafter5.com, and then that's also the name of the podcast. And then on Spotify, it'll be 99 Time Capsule and quarter after five but quarter after five i'm trying to do something weird and i want to have you on okay do you watch are you into pop culture of course okay so check this out it's it's a it's a dope ass show idea all right so you reference certain actors from their movies uh uh, other movies based on what the movie is okay so here we go i'm gonna give you an example (laughs) batman and wolverine are dueling magicians what movie am I talking about? Dueling Magicians. Yeah. I feel like I just don't know the movie. I mean, I'm th- I'm my, in my mind, I'm thinking Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and then I'm running through... Isn't he Wolverine? Yeah. And then I'm running through a few Batmans, and I'm guessing if it's Hugh Jackman, it's probably a more current one, like Christian Bale, or it could be yeah. Ben Affleck. Um, but I don't know the movie. With so the- when, was, when was Hugh Jackman a magician? I, I don't know. I don't know the movie. Oh, okay. So he was a magician in The Prestige oh, okay. with Christian see, Bale as Bat. As ba- oh, okay, yeah. See, so that's what I want to do. And then I we're like going to go though. down yeah, all these different rabbit holes where you couldn't imagine like Ben Affleck mm-hmm. uh, in that movie because you just said it. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I really want to do that one. And uh, because you, you watch Mr. Sunday movies? No, I don't. Oh, shit. It's a hilarious podcast, but they do video stuff uh, uh, with it, too, on YouTube, uh-huh. where they just go down these insane rabbit holes. They talk about the facts of the movie, and then, uh, 
you know all these crazy what if uh, scenarios so i want to try something like that too i love it so yeah yeah so i'll have to read it i mean i have a decent knowledge of movies i've never even heard of the prestige believe it or not but oh shit i is a good movie should i check it out yeah it's uh christopher nolan's movie and um so many people are in it michael kane scarlett johansson uh the chick from iron man 3 Uh gets shot by uh what's his name aldrich killian and then um yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely check it out. It's a mind fuck. Oh, David Bowie. I think it's his last movie appearance before he oh, died. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I love it. That's a great idea. I'd love to come on. So yeah, check out all his stuff. Uh, Art Font from the chat said, awesome show. Thought he was in the prestige and uh, LOL. I like that. So um, nice. my sister, yeah. she's into it. Uh, oh, nice. So I'm looking right. forward to it. And uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Follow, uh, follow George, Watermelon Kimchi. Check out the podcast, like he said. And uh Thanks so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this. I thought this was a great conversation. As yeah, always. hell yeah, man. We'll we'll do it in another couple of months, another yeah, few months. We should. Like we always do. I love yeah, it. Man. All right, much love, man. All right, Talk brother. to you soon. All right, man. Peace. Peace.